We'll be starting in a few seconds. Hello to everybody. This is Joey Fatwar teaching here. Today we will be starting Hilchot Arubin, um, which is really an extension of Hilchot Shabbat. Um, before starting, I'll give a little introduction with some key points to know and understand in order to properly understand Hilchot Arubin. So first of all, Arub comes from the Hebrew root Ein Resh Bet. The initial, most literal meaning of this word is the, from the term erbub, which means mixing two or more things together. And from here comes the term for evening, ayreb, which, uh, which means evening or night. And this is because the evening is the time in which darkness settles in. People won't be able to tell the difference between different objects due to the darkness. And this is the same time as well that splits between the night and the day. So Erev also means Orev, a blackbird, which is <laughs> black like the Erev. So just a little bit more about Erevin. So there are certain domains which are private ones, but in order to carry in them, they need to have an Eruv done to them. In the coming Halachot, we will discuss how to make an Eruv um, in Haserot and Meboim, which I will explain what they are in a second. And uh, this is all in talking about places which were already set up in order to have an Eruv in them. This setting up was discussed in depth in chapter 17 of Ilchot Shabbat, and I highly recommend studying that chapter and the one before, chapter 16 and 17, before um, coming to Ilchot Eruvin. Um, Although, um, I still I'll explain some of the basic laws regarding the setting up of the Haserot and the Mevo'ot right now. Um, I still nevertheless highly recommend going over those chapters before go, um, coming to Halchot Eruvin. So I must define some key definitions here as really just because the following chapters are all based on definitions that were previously defined um, and it is key to understand these these definitions that I'm going to explain right now in order to understand the Chod Eruvin. So the first thing to explain is a Haser, literally translated as a courtyard, the term Haser, and it refers to any jointly owned private domain yard that may be in the middle of houses or something like that. So this jointly owned piece of land is usually surrounded by privately owned sections like houses, apartments, etc., um, these haserot were usually connected to, an outside, to the outside via an alleyway called a maboy. The haser has to be squared in order to be considered a haser. However, if the haser is rectangular, then it is considered to be like a maboy and has the rules of a maboy, which will be specified later. So again, a haser is some sort of courtyard or any private domain that is squared and has houses around it which are all, and this, all air, this whole area of the Hasid is called a private domain. In it, there are sections which have private ownership by different the different residents of the Hasid. But this whole place, from scriptural law, should be allowed to be carried in. Yet Hachamim said that it needs to have an Eruv in order to be carried in. The second thing I must explain is a bait. So a bait will be is literally translated as house. And we'll usually refer here to the private most area within a haser, which is already considered a private domain. It should be noted, um, again, as I said, that's from scriptural law, the haser is considered to be 100% private domain. However, for reasons that we will see in our chapter, the sages made a decree forbidding anyone to carry from his own section within the haser and into the haser in order, and, and we will see, we'll see a little bit later. Um, a boy third term that has to be cl uh, clarified, is an alleyway or hallway, and it refers to some kind of pathway that leads up to the haser or any other private domain. Um, it was described, as I said previously, in the middle chapters of El Chabat, chapter 16 and 17, um, and there are, in those chapters, are brought two types of mevoim. The first type is a mevoim mefulash, an alleyway that is open to the public domain from both sides, Okay, so you have two parallel walls, okay, uh, like a whole uh, alleyway with two parallel walls, and 
two, two openings from both sides. This is what we call a maboy mefulash. A maboy satum is an alleyway that is open to the public domain from only one side. In other words, it's an alleyway that consists of three walls that have one singular exit leading to the public domain. It could be thought of as an alley, alleyway, um, in modern terms, we would say a dead-end alleyway, an alleyway leading up to a dead-end. <clears throat> um, now, another thing we must talk about is hechsher of mebo'ot and haserot. In order to be able to make an aruv on a maboy or a haser, there's a process of setting up that needs to be done called hechsher maboy or hechsher haser. This is achieved by adding a lehi or kora to the entrances of the maboy, um, leading out to the public domain. So the mavoy is the alleyway, so the way to set it up in order to be um, to be able to take an iruv is by adding a lehi or kora. A lehi is a beam from the side of the entrance which acts as a kind of protrusion in the entrance, giving it the status of some kind of wall. A kora is a beam of sorts that is laid from on top of the entrance to the mavoy, acting as heker, some sort of reminder that this alleyway is not a shooter beam, but rather a special status alleyway. The difference between these two, um, a lehi and a kora, is that a lehi is considered like a fourth wall, making the alleyway with the lehi to be considered a full-fledged private domain, thus holding someone that brings something in, in it from the shutra beam or vice versa liable if he brings something in it. However, an alleyway that was put a kora, even though carrying it, it is permitted by doing shituf mevaot, as will be explained momentarily, it's not allowed, it's not considered a full-fledged private domain, and therefore anyone who uh, took something from the private, from in it, in it to, from the public domain or vice versa, is not going to be held liable by scriptural law. Um, so these are key points, which without understanding, with, which without, we won't understand this chapter, and be very hard to understand. Um, in order to make a haser kosher, for an eruv, it needs to have either a lehi from each side or... So so again, so in order to make a mavoy kosher for an eruv, it needs to have an, either a lehi on each entrance or a kora on each entrance. That's sufficient. In order to make a haser kosher for an eruv, it needs to have either a lehi from each side of the entrance with a minimal width or a lehi from one side that is four tefahim wide, four fists wide. Um, the fourth term, which needs to be clarified, is what an eruv is. I said in the beginning, an eruv is, comes from the term eruv, which means the merging or mixing of a group, of mixing. An eruv, in our set of halachot, refers to the merging or mixing of a group of people into one by virtue of the fact that they have some kind of joint meal or food that they eat together. And more on that we'll see in this chapter. This merging is what will allow the group of people to be able to carry from their own homes into the jointly owned courtyard, haser or mabo. The last thing we will, we will need to uh, clarify is what shituf mevo'ot, it's the equivalent of an eruv in the context of a mavo. The rules of shituf are different in many cases than the rules of eruv, and we will see more on that in the upcoming chapters. Um, so I recommend anybody who isn't fluent in the things I just explained briefly, um, goes over it in their free times and listens to chapters 16, 17 of Shabbat. So now we will start Hilchot Arubi. So Harambam writes, uh, I don't have it written here in the Machon Memre page, but he writes, It is a positive precept to do Aruv when needed. In other words, when somebody, it's, it's a um, uh, more of a decree done by the sages, and it's not from the 613 misvot. So it's a it's a decree made by the sages. Halakha Aleph. So, before I start, I will... One moment. I will talk about the division of the chapter, as I usually do, just to make things a little bit easier to keep track of. So our chapter is divided into six parts. Um, it starts with explaining the point, the first part is, ex is explains the point of Eruv, which is a precept formulated uh, by the sages, as I said. Um, the next one is the definition of the word Eruv. We will see that. The third part, we'll talk about the food portions in regard to Shituf Mevo'ot, different volumes and sizes, which are very helpful, by the way, in um, other halachic topics. 
the fourth part of the chapter will discuss what's forbidden to what forbidden to eat foods are permitted to use for an iruv and what are not. The fifth part discusses the description of the process of the collection of the iruv from the neighbors of the, uh, the mavoy or the, the haseb and where and how to lay it. This is in regard to shituf as well, um, etc. Et um, and the sixth and final part of the chapter regard is talking talks about the setting itself of the iruv. Um, that it has to be done with the entrance of Shabbat, and therefore it needs to be in place and edible from the time of Ben Hashem Ashot, which is the time from sunset, until the coming out of the three medium stars. Okay, Halakha Aleph. Haser, sheyesh baha shekherim harbeh. Kol ehad mehem bebayit le'asmo. A haser, okay, that has many residents in it, and each one resides in his own house within the confines of this haser. So again, I said the haser is a private domain that holds in it smaller privately owned houses or um, apartments, etc. Din Torahu, shehiyu kulam mutarin letaltel v'chol haser u'mibatim lahaser u'mihahaser labatim. From the Torah, the oraita, it is permitted for them. It should be permitted for them. For these people, the residents of this haser, to carry in and out of their houses to the haser and to other people's houses within the confines of the haser, due to the haser being its own private domain. Also, the Torah permits any mavoy, any alleyway that has a lehi or a kora, um, that any the, the people living within the confines of the alleyway or, uh, would be allowed to take in and out from their haserot to the alleyway and from the alleyway to their haserot. Again, I'll, I'll remind what a lehi or kora is. A lehi is a beam from the side of the entrance which acts as a kind of protrusion to the entrance, giving it the status of some kind of wall. A kora is a beam of sorts that is laid from on top of the entrance to the Mavoy acting as some sort of heker, a reminder that this alleyway is not a shooter a beam and is rather has a special status of a it's a special status alleyway. The difference between them is that a lehi being considered a fourth wall makes an alleyway with uh, like considered like a full-fledged private domain, thus making anybody who takes in and out of it from the public domain to it liable from the oraita. However, uh, alleyway a Mavoy that has a Quran on top of it, even though carrying in, in and out of it is permitted by doing shituf, it is not considered a full-fledged private domain, and therefore anyone who took in and out of it from the public domain will not be hayav de oraita. Um, that is just as a quick reminder. Okay. Shekola mavoy reshuta yahidu. Right, as I said. Vechen hadin b'medina shehi mukafet choma geboha asara tefahim sheyesh laha delatot nina'alot balayla shekulaha reshuta yahidi zehu din Torah. Also, a city that has a wall surrounding the entire, surrounding it in its entirety, and the wall is at least ten tefahim high, ten fist lengths high, and it has, and this city has doors that or gates that lock at night. This city is considered a therefore allowing people to carry in the city. This is all from scriptural law. However. The sages prohibited that However, the sages prohibited that any of the residents of these haserot or mebo'ot carry in and out of their own private residencies within the domain and into the haser or vice versa, until they do eruv. And this is applicable to Haser, to Maboy, and to an entire city that's surrounded by a tent of wall. And this decree was made by Shilomo and his Biddin. It's interesting, I just I just um, realized that if I'm not mistaken, in the Akdamat of the Mishneh Torah, Shilomo is not regarded as somebody having a Biddin. And here we see clearly that he did have a bedin. So that's just an interesting little point to note. Um, and maybe there's more to build upon that. Halacha 
Also, those who dwell in tents or Sukkot or campground that was surrounded by a partition are not allowed to carry in and out of their camp, their tents, Sukkot or camp area unless they do Iruv. Um, it's important to know that the word Mahane many times brings many times brings up the implication of a military camp, rightfully so. However, in this case, it's not talking about a military camp, but rather a regular campsite that consists of many tents in one partitioned area. About, however, However, a caravan of three or more people that were traveling together who set up a camp that was surrounded by partitions and the reason for the car uh, right and the reason a caravan uh, so these people do not need to do an iruv and the reason for this is that by virtue of them being jointly traveling together they're mixed in one with another one with another sufficiently therefore they don't need an iruv um for it now, in this halakha, we're going to explain why the decree of Eruv was enacted. Why couldn't we just carry, if from scriptural law, a public, uh, the Haser and Maboy, or a city that's surrounded by a tent of wall, are considered private domain, then why, in that case, did Shalomon Isbeddin enact such a decree, um, forbidding people to carry in and out of their, uh, their homes um, if there's no Eruv? so the reason for Shalomah Menach's decree is because people will think that the same way it is permitted to take out of Haserot into the streets and marketplaces of a city which is surrounded by a wall that is at least 10 Tefahim high. It is also, these people will come to think that it is also um, permitted to take in from the city and into the Haserot, right? Sorry, the same way it is permitted to do that, it is also permitted to take in from the city um, and which and the haserot that way it is also permitted to take out from the city to the field because the field is only at the level of a karmelit which is a domain that is prohibited to take in and out of only by dirabana and through this therefore also people will think that it's permitted to take from the fields which we said are at the status of karmelit into the city for the same reason and people from this will come to think that marketplaces and streets because they are the domain of all, are like fields and karmelites. And moreover, people will end up thinking that all of these are like deserts. And deserts we know are Rashut Rabbim. And then people will say the following. If from all of these, it's permitted to take in and out of one another, the very same way it is permitted to take in and out of the city to the desert and from the do one domain to another, regardless of the domain status, public, private domain, and then through this, people will come to blatantly take in and out from the private domain to the public domain, which is a very serious transgression. Now, Harambam gave here a rather um, tongue-twisting, difficult-to-understand reason for the decree. In Ilkhot Yom Tov, chapter 6, Halakha 2, Halakha Bet, Harambam brings an easier-to-grasp reason for the decree of Eruv as made by Shilamu HaMelech. And there he says, in a very concise manner, that the misvah of Eruv was decreed as a sort of reminder so that people do not end up taking in and out blatantly from the private domain to the public one and vice versa. And that is, in a nutshell, why the misvah of Eruv was enacted. Halakha hey, and therefore, tiken, it was enacted. Therefore, it was enacted that any private domain that was divided into its own separated residencies and each 
residence in, in, within that domain, each person has his own part of the domain, which is his own. Nobody's, nobody else's. And there's, in the same domain, a jointly owned area, yard, courtyard in between the area that is jointly owned by everybody, that it will be considered like to disallow the people to take in and out from their own partitions of this resident of this public private domain and into the fee and into the jointly owned part and vice versa from the jointly owned part of the chaser and into their own residencies unless they do in Eruv. And it'll be considered that the little privately owned residence, residencies within this large private domain are considered, are only themselves considered private domain, while the jointly owned part is considered like a public domain. And therefore, it'll be and therefore, it'll be dis not allowed for people to take from their own little resident private residencies within this private domain and to the jointly part owned part of the private domain, as though it was like a regular private domain taking out to a regular public domain, um, unless an Eruv is enacted, unless there is an Eruv done, and we will see more in the the next halacha, what it, what an iruv is. So halacha vav. What is this iruv? This Aruv, this mixing, is that all of the residents of this large private domain um, mix themselves by virtue of having one type of food that they put in a set spot from Ayr of Shabbat, from before Shabbat. And this food signifies that they are all mixed in and there is one food for all of them and none of them has a different residency than his fellow neighbor, his fellow tenant, the fellow tenants of, the, of this um, Haser. And the same way they are all equal in this place in which the food was set, that way they are all equal in the rest of this larger private domain in this larger haser and therefore um through this through this action this extra action that is not normally done people will understand the difference between a haser which is a private domain and and will not end up taking in and out from because of the Eruv, it psychologically conditions them to always remember that a Haser is a special status and although they could take in and out from their houses within the Haser and to the jointly owned part of the Haser, it's not like the Shurta Rabim, it's something else. It's a different status. And that way people will be psychologically conditioned. The mixing that the tenants of a Haser do one with another is what we call However, what the tenants living around a maboy, an alleyway, in other words, when you have haserot that are opened into an alleyway, when they do um, an eruv, it's not called eruv, when they put the food in the middle of the mixing, it's called shitufe mebo'ot. And also, this is when they do in the city that it has a 10 tefahim wall surrounding the entire city and has doors that close at night, a gate that closes at night. It's also called shituf. Halacha hayt. Okay. 
אפילו כיכר מאפה שאה והיא פירושה אין מערבין בה. So the עירוב חסרות is done specifically with a full loaf of bread, with a non-cut loaf of bread. Even a very large loaf of bread that is cut into many pieces cannot be used for עירוב. However, a very small loaf of bread that was very, very small, but it was full, it was meaning it was uncut, may be done Aruv with. And the same way um, Aruv could be done with um, bread made out of wheat, also an Aruv could be done with bread that is made out of rice or millet or... Um, uh, Adashim or um, uh, uh, lentils. However, sorry, mechila. In the same way, you could do it with patevuah, um, bread that is made from um, the five grains. You could also do it um, with bread made from rice or lentils. However, not with bread made from millet. Vishituf and shituf ben befat ben bisharochim. So this ayruv, we were speaking about ayruv haserot, but shituf could be done with bread. Or other foods. You could do shituf mevoot with any food except water alone or salt alone. Also, types of mushrooms cannot be done aruvim with because they're not shituf mevoot with because they're not considered at the status of food. And if you mix salt and water together, it becomes muriyas, which is type of uh, some sort of um, a marinade for fish and can be done shituf with because it has some intrinsic food attribute. So we said for aruf haserot, for the aruf of haser, it is enough to just one full loaf of bread. That is what is necessary to do to perform an aruf haserot. However, to perform an aruf shituf mevaot, we said any type of food. Now, Harabam is going to specify the minimal amount of food nece necessary in order to do shituf mevaot. Halachatet. How much is the minimum the amount necessary to do shituf with? The minimum amount a food that you do shituf mevaot with is a gerogeret, which is about a third of a volume of an egg. It's the size of a dried date, approximately. And for one gerogeret for each one of the residents of the tenants of the mavoi, or for each one of the tenants of the city. And this is on condition that it's 18 or less tenants around the mavoi or the city. However, if it's more than 18 tenants, then the minimum amount is the amount of two se'udot, two meals. And two meals is equal to about 18 gerogerot, which is about six besim benoniot. And even if the tenants of the city or the mavoi were thousands or tens of thousands, it is enough, two se'udot per, for the whole um, uh, city or the whole Mavoy is sufficient to consider the aruv, the, the shituf, a valid shituf, and to allow the people to carry in and out of the, from their their own private areas of the city and into the city, and to allow people to carry from their own private areas of their mavoy and into the mavoy, or from the haserot of the mavoy, etc. Halacha yod. Kol ochel shehu neechal kemot shehu keron pat umine dagan ubasar hai imishtatefu bo. Any food that is eaten, eaten as is, like bread or different types of grain or mezonot foods or um, uh, um, un uncooked meat, if they do shituf with it, if they want to use it for shituf, the minimum amount to use for it is the minimum amount that would be used for two meals, as specified in the previous halacha, 18 gerogerot. The shehu liftan, however, anything... That is liftan, a dip. Any food that the, is not a food in itself for a meal, but rather a food that you dip your bread in, or it's a dip of sorts, like the, um, you know, um, uh, like the salsa, salsa, right? It's a dip. 
כרון יין מבושל, ובשר סלי, וחומס ומוליאס, וזיתים ואימהות של בסלים, like, um, um, you know, cooked wine, or בשר סלי, or um, roasted meat, or vinegar, or מוליאס, or olives, or onions, ושיעורו כדי לאכול בו שתי סעודות, the amount to do שיתוף with dips, with foods that you dip your bread in, and types like that, is the amount needed to be sufficient for a two meals. So for example, if a cup of salsa is sufficient for a meal of bread, for an amount of nine gerogerots full of bread, okay, then this, is, then this would be the amount of salsa you use for the shituf, one cup. And etc and on that same on the line along the lines of the way I just explained if they did shituf with undiluted wine the amount of the minimum amount is two rabiyot and we will see in a bit what rabiyot is we will, Rambam will define all the amounts in a later halakha also in any other alcoholic beverage, the minimum amount is two to do shituf with. Besim, shetan, eggs, two. And they may be done shituf with even if they are uncooked. Rimonim, shetan, pomegranates, also two. Etrog, ehad, in etrog, a citron, the minimum amount is one. Because it could be split into two and that is, half of an etrog is what's considered sufficient to provide for a meal, not for the dip of a meal. Hamisha egozim, the side dish of a meal. Hamisha egozim, hamisha afarsakim, five nuts and five peaches. And the peaches in Haram days, I'm just using the word peach because in Hebrew today they use the word afarsak as peach, but it's talking about a different type of fruit, a smaller fruit. Litra yarak, ben hai ben shaluk, any greens, um, the, the amount of a litra, and we will see a little bit later what all these amounts are. Vimhaya bashel, velo bashel, in arev. So any greens, whether they're cooked, or completely uncooked. However, any greens that were half cooked, they are not done, they are not allowed to be done with or shituf with. Because in, in a way that is half cooked, it is not edible in any amount, in any way. Half of a revi'it of wine, which is, is a volume of half of a revi'it. In other words, Half of a rabbit, which is what we call, like, I would call it sheminit. So that is the amount of tablin, of spices. Kab temarim. Kab is another amount, and we will specify a little bit later exactly what a kab is of, of dates, or kav gerogerot, a kab of dried figs. Mane debela is another amount which we will specify of dried figs. Kab um, gerogerot are dried dates, and temarim are non dried dates. Debela is dried figs. Kav tapuhin or kav of apples. Apples tapuhin in his days were something a little different than our tapuhin. Um, and I will already get to come to define what a mane is. Which in mane de vela, a mane of dried figs, a de mane is 100 coins of dinar, which is approximately, in modern day terms, it's really it's a volume, not a, a weight, but it's about 423 grams. Um, kav tapuhin, kav, we will see in a bit what a kav is exactly. Kishut, kimlo hayad, kishut is is called today kuskara, so kimlo hayad, the handful, folin lachain, folin are full, um, I think it is also called full in America, or um, it's a type of bean, um, so non-dried folin, handful, hazin is a wild weed that is similar to barley, litra, the amount is a litra, vateradin, and spinach, they are also part of greens and are done with leaves of onions unless they um, grew and they become long however less than this is not food and all these things are like side dishes all these things that were mentioned the guiding rule for the salakha is that all of these are side dishes and they are the amount needed for a side dish for two meals and that's why they gave these, these smaller amounts. 
food, hashitufin, anything on the, along the lines of that. If it's a side dish, you need the amount of side dish for two meals. And if it's a regular real food that would be used as a main meal, the minimum, it's the, we need the amount, is the minimum amount for um, two meals. And all these foods may be joined together um, for the shituf. In this halakha, Rabbam gives a specification of sort of these measurements that were given previously. Um, and it's, there's a very helpful halakha for many things. It's a useful halakha for many places of the Mishnah Torah. Um, I will go through it. I will try to maybe give some of the modern day measurements. Um, but I'm, uh, so, yes. In any event, there's a very helpful halakha. So, litra ha'amura bechol makom, the word litra said in any place, is the amount of two rabi'iyot. And the rabi'iyot is about the volume of 148, of, 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 um, of 74 cubits, uh, cubic centimeters. And therefore, a litra is 148 cubic centimeters. And an ukhla is half of a rabi'iyot, which is 37 cubic Centimeters. Rabbi is 74 cubic, uh, cubic centimeters. So an ukhla, which is half of a Rabbi is 37 cubic centimeters. Um, also, by the way, a litra is 35 dinarim, which is a type of measurement. Um, and dinarim is usually given as a weight. So one dinar is usually is considered as four point. It's about 4.23 um, grams. Therefore, 35 dinarim is 35 grams. Um, and therefore, uh, sorry, therefore, um, 35 dinarim is 148 grams. So a litra, again, is at 148 grams, 148 cubic centimeters. I'm, I'm going a little bit extra here because this is a, this is a very important halakha, um, and I hope it benefits anybody that, anybody that wants to um, appreciate the benefits of learning this halakha. Um, okay. Vehad dinar shesh ma'in. So a dinar is the weight of shesh ma'in. So a ma'a is about um, 0.75 grams, making a dinar, um, as I said before, about 4.23 grams. Okay? Veha ma'a mishkal shesh asre se'orot. And a ma'a is also the weight of 16 se'orot, 16 stalks of barley. And the weight of a sela is the weight of four dinarim, which is 16.92 grams. And the volume of rabi'it is defined as the volume is the volume of water that or wine that, that holds about the weight of 17 and a half dinarim around, um, which is um, so, which is um, uh, uh, 74 grams or 74 cubic centimeters, um, because water and it's interest, an interesting point is that water, the weight of water and the volume of water is equal. So 70, so 100 cubic centimeters of water is considered 100 grams of water. So the volume ratio is the same. So every cu one cubic centimeter is one gram in water. Um, and it comes out of this that the litra is um, uh, 35 dinarim and the ukhla is nine, um, uh, little, uh, nine dinarim minus a fourth, so eight and three fourths dinarim, um, uh, which is 37 grams because 37 cubic centimeters. Okay. Halachayot Gimel continues on. Explaining the measurements. Anywhere where it says it's talking about sheshet kabin. A kav, ve'akav arba'at login, and a kav is four login. Okay, a log is two hundred ninety-six cubic centimeters. Oh, we'll see here. So we said revi'it is seventy-four cubic centimeters. Therefore, a log is. Um, 
296 cubic centimeters, and a kab, which is four logim, is 1,184 cubic centimeters, and a se'ah, which is six kabin, is um, uh, 7,104 cubic centimeters. Uchvar ve'arno vidat revi'itu mishkalaha ve'elu ha'shi'urin she'adam sarich lezkorot tantamidin. These are measurements that any person needs to memorize always and know them by heart. And really knowing these ratios is extremely helpful um, for understanding many halachot in Harambam and in the Gemara and the Talmud. Um, it's also just helpful to know where these measurements are and how to access them in their ratios. Um, Any food that is permitted to eat is allowed to be eaten even if it's not permitted so even if it's not permitted to be eaten by the person doing the iruv he may do the iruv and shituf with it kesav how somebody who, who made a uh, a commitment and a shivua he swore upon himself um to not drink wine and some other things, uh, not drink wine, not become tamimet, and not um, uh, cut his hair. So he may do a shituf with wine, even though he himself is not allowed to, allowed to drink wine. Ve'israel betruma, and also an Israelite is who is not allowed to eat teruma. Teruma is food that is specifically um, allowed only for kohanim. May do an Israelite may do aruv on teruma. And also somebody who swears upon himself or, or does a nether that he won't eat a specific food, he may do aruv with this food, because even though it's not it's not fit for the consumption of a certain person, it is fit for the consumption of some other people. So terumah, we said, is food that is fit only for kohanim. So an Israelite may do, for example, aruv um, with terumah, because it is fit for the consumption of a kohanim, and along the lines of that. However, Something that is prohibited for eating by everybody, like tebel. Tebel um, uh, is um, uh, is food that was not done terumatum asrotan. That was not taken. A, if, um, sorry, fruits when they uh, when they are picked in Eretz Israel, according to the Torah, they have to um, have a certain portion taken out of them and given to the kohen and the levi. Portion taken out is called terumagedola, and if this portion is not taken out, then the food is not allowed to be eaten, and it's punishable by karet. So, even tevel of, of the law of, that was decreed by the sage, and this is any fruits that are grown out of Israel are considered tevel, um, not by scriptural law, but they still have to have some some terumah done on them, if I'm not mistaken. Also, Ma'aserishon, um, which is a tenth of the fruit that's taken out, um, which is not done properly. Um, I'm explaining here very, very quickly because I want to get to the guiding rule for the halakha, which is very simple. Um, and anybody who already knows a little bit about the terumotu ma'asrot, this should be sufficient for them. Um, so Ma'aserishon is a tenth of the, is about 10% of the fruits that you would take out. Um, and if it wasn't done properly, it is not allowed for anyone. Also, there was another portion of the fruit called Maaser Sheni that would be taken out of the fruit, or Hekdesh um, is a type of is fruits that were given, they were specified to be given to Beit HaMikdash, um, and the person who specified them, or the Maaser Sheni, which is fruits that have to be Mehila. Maaser Sheni is a portion of the fruits that has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. However, in some cases, the fruits would rot before getting to Yerushalayim, so the person would be, was allowed to switch them for money and take the money to Yerushalayim and buy food with the money. Hekdesh is also fruits that a person specified for Beit HaMikdash. However, in a certain case in which, for example, the person lived far from Beit HaMikdash, the fruits would rot on the way and therefore he was allowed to switch it for money. However, if the switching was not done in the proper manner, they are not allowed to be... Um, you still may not do Eruv with these fruits. Uh, you may not do Eruv with the fruits because the switching of turning them into money was not done in a proper manner. Um, Demai is fruits 
that we are not sure if the Ma'asrat were done on them, and therefore they are not allowed to be eaten, but um, only from the Rabbanan, um, and Aniyim may eat them, and therefore they are edible by certain people, and that's why, um, and therefore they fall under the guiding rule of Halakha which says that any food that is edible to certain people, um, even if it's not edible to the person doing the Aruv, it may be done Aruv with. Um, as I said, they, may, they need to be switched in a very specific manner. Um, and if it, and part of the switching them into money um, it can, consists in it, entails um, giving a certain tax about, which of about 25%. And if this tax was not given, it still it does not um, make the fruits the fruits not allowed to do I do one and therefore you can do. Which I said is a portion of the fruits that has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. It may be done in Yerushalayim because in Yerushalayim it is allowed to be eaten. However, out of Yerushalayim it is not allowed to be eaten and therefore it is not allowed to be done on. Kesad. One moment. Yes. Halakha Tetzahin. Kesad me'arevin b'chaserot. So how are Aruvei Haserot done? How is the Aruv put in place? How is the Aruv enacted? The tenants of the Haser um, take one hala, take one bread, one loaf of bread from each, one full loaf of bread from each one of the resident, uh, of the tenants' houses, of the little um, se- uh, se- of the tenants' houses, and it is all put in one um, uh, um, canister of sorts or one keli, um, one you know uh, bowl um, in one of the houses of the chaser. Even in the you know in the hay in the hay house or some you know the, the place where they would have the cows or or bet osar, which is a um, the um, uh, storage house. Um, so, so again, so what However, if they put it the loaves of bread that were collected, if they put them in a bit shah, and a bit shah is a um, like a um, little um, pathway that leads up to the hased, which is the entrance to the hased. It's not the alleyway, it's not a mavoy, it's like kind of a little pathway that leads up to the hased. It's considered part of the hased. So if they put it there, or even if it's a bit charged, even if it's owned by one of the specific one of the tenants, it's privately owned by one of the tenants of the Hasir. Or or in an achsadra, which is a type of like an awning, or or in a porch. Or in a place, little uh, little house or you know room that does not have four by four amot, it's not considered an aruf. Um, if you put the loaves of bread there. And when the Aruv is collected, and when they do the Aruv, they, when they put all the loaves of bread in the one specific spot, they say the following, and the person in charge of the collection of the Aruv, or the person putting all the Aruv in one spot says, with this Aruv, it will be permitted to all of the tenants of the Haser to take in and out from house to house on Shabbat. And, and a child under 13 years of age may, may be the collector of Aruv Haserot. And the house which they put the Aruv in does not need to give a loaf of bread because they're the house putting the, the you know, the, also, if it was a house that was regularly used to put the loaves of bread in, they, um, once it was regularly put into regular use, they are not allowed to change it um, so that not to, um, you know, make a fight 
you know, these people that they were used to having the idol in their house, they would also used not to give a loaf of bread. And now if you change it to a different house, they're going to have to give a loaf of bread and they might get annoyed and might make a fight. Shalom for um, shalom for you know peace between the tenants of the, of the chaser. It was said that they, the once the house, once one house is chosen, it is chosen and does not and cannot be changed. This halacha discusses how to do um, and how do we do Shituf Mavoy in act. It has it put into action. How do you do it? So um, they they collect one gerogeret of food from each one of the tenants of the Mavoy. And if we said if it's more than 18, it's just a portion. Um, and they put everything, um, after everything was, all the food was collected, they put it in one um, canister or um, keli, one, you know, vessel um, in one of the haserot leading up to this mavoy. One of the, in other words, the mavoy, I don't know if I explained this well enough, it would be like an alleyway which would have different haserot open into it. So you put it in one of the haserot that are open into the mavoy or in one of the houses that were open into the mavoy, even if it was a small house or in Achsadra, or in uh, some small little place or an awning or a porch, as I, uh, which we said is not permitted for a shi'iru, for shitufa, nevertheless, it is permitted. However, if the food collected was put in um, a place in just in, in the middle of nowhere, in the mavoy itself, you know, put put on, in the you know not, not not no specific place, it is not considered a shituf. Right. And if you put the keli in a haser, in, in presumably in a joint area. Of a haser, so he has to put it one tefah above the ground so that it is noticeable. Umevarech al misvateru, and he says the same beracha de Omer, and he says bezeh hashituf yihiyeh mutar lechol bnei hamavoy lehosiu lachnis mechaserot lamavoy b'shabbat, and he says with this shituf it will be permitted to all of the tenants of the mavoy to take in and out of the haserot into the mavoy on Shabbat. Halacha yudchet. <laughs> so now we said after collecting the food for the Iru, they have to put it in one vessel. So if they took the food, so in this halakha, we're saying if they took the food and split it into two vessels or more, right? Even if it was in one house or one spot in a specific area, it is not considered an eruv. But this is on condition that the vessel they used wasn't overfilled. But if the vessel they used was so full that you needed to use another vessel to put the food in, it is permitted and it is considered a valid eruv. Halakha yotpet. When done, Shituf Mavoy is done, the tenants that did a Shituf Mavoy still have to do a Shituf on their own Haser. So, for example, imagine you have four Haserot opened to one alleyway, to one Mavoy. So they do Shituf Mavoy. In order to be take, to take in from the mavoy to the chaser and from the chaserot to the mavoy, from the four chaserot into the mavoy and vice versa, but the tenants of the chaserot have to do an eruv for each one of the chaserot. So each one of the chaserot has to do their own eruv. Why? Because the children and the young people, and we're talking about children, they don't notice the shituf mevoot, and the whole point. Of shituf, and, and if we don't do eruv in the haser, they won't see ever that eruv is done. They won't see that there's some special um, action being done, um, so that carrying will be allowed, and then they'll forget about it, and they won't know about eruv, and uh, you know, and um, uh, 
you know, we said for the same problem, we brought in the above halacha that people will forget about the public domain, private domain, and they'll take in and out and end up transgressing scriptural law. So therefore, we, the whole point is here, we want the children to notice that something special is being done in order to allow people to take out from their parts of this chaser into the joint part and vice versa. And if we don't, and if we just rely on a shituf mevo'ot, this will be forgotten for the children living in the specific, in, in, the, in, the, in the separate chaserot. Lefichach. Therefore, if in order to do the shituf mevaot, bread, a loaf of bread was collected from each one of the tenants, then um, it is valid also for, to allow the, the tenants of the haserot to take in and out of their haserot and into the, into the mavo, um, because this with bread, there's a special hakir, it is noticeable when the bread is collected every night of Shabbat to the children. So a group of, of uh, people, of tenants in a, in a haser that were um, uh, sitting to, uh, around the table eating on the night of Shabbat and the day ended and it became night and Shabbat entered, they may um, rely on the bread that is on the bread to be considered their Aruf Haserot why? Because they're together, they're mixed in one with another, eating together, and therefore the Eruv Haserot, the Eruv Haserot that they, that they consider this bread to do, the Eruv Haserot, the bread is valid for Eruv Haserot, um, and this is of course on condition, as we will see later, that it's all the tenants of a specific Haserot. So imagine, for example, that you have five tenants in a Haserot, and they're all eating around the table out of Shabbat. And Shabbat comes in, or in other words, the day ends, and they have, a loaves, they have a loaf of bread on the table, so they may rely on this loaf to consider them me'orabin for Shabbat. And let's say there were many tenants in one haser, and they were even from a different mavoy. In other words, there was a mavoy, for example, that had, for example, four haserot, and all the tenants were in one haser around one table, and there was bread on the table, and the same thing happened that the day ended, they may rely on this bread to consider their mavoi valid as play, uh, their shituf mavoi valid to allow them to carry in and out of the mavoi on Shabbat. But this is again on condition that everybody was present, at least one um, representative from each residency within the mavoi. If one of the, one of the residents of the Haser, or one of the residents of the Mavoy, decided to take upon himself, he said he took one piece of bread, and he said this is for on behalf of all of the residents of the Haser, or he took a two, uh, a two uh, amount of two meals of, of food, and he said this is on behalf of all the residents of the Mavoy, this is valid, and there and, and um, food does not need to be collected, from the rest of the residents of the Haser or the Mabor. Abal, Sarikh, right, the Amara, okay, you know, okay. Abal, Sarikh, the Zakot, and the to, um, to make it owned by the rest of the tenants of the Mabor or the Haser by somebody else. In other words, you put somebody else in charge moving the ownership from his piece of bread to all of the tenants collectively of the Mavoy, the Haser, and the person in charge would go يعني, um, to each person and let him know that this piece of bread for Eru, or this two meals of food, is um, collected on his behalf by this specific tenant. And he does this zikui that we said um, with his younger. We may do it with his children, whether a boy or girl, um, or with his Hebrew slave, or with his wife, but not with his. Um, sorry, he may do it with his older children that are above thirteen, uh, for a boy above thirteen, for a girl above twelve, and but he may not do it with his younger children under twelve, under twelve for a girl and 13 for a boy, and not with his um, non-Jewish slaves because their hand is like his hand because anything they do is like him because they are um, 
so to speak, under his domain of ownership. Also, 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 he may, with a shifha ivrit, with a Hebrew slave, uh, um, uh, female slave, um, even if she is young, under 12 years old, he may, he may use her for the zikui because she's a slave, and it's the rabbana. And I made a mistake in explaining last halacha, so I'm going to re-explain. So this whole situation we were talking about of somebody who wants to be extra nice and, uh, you know, give half of all of the attendance of the haser, what we said he needs to lezakot means that he needs to give it to somebody on behalf that takes it on behalf of all the, the tenants of the Hasid. Um, one moment. Right. So how does he do this? So what is so this extra um, a nice person that wants to, for example, he wants to give a loaf of bread on behalf of all the tenants of uh, okay, I'll give an I'll give a example. For example, a Hasir a jointly owned private domain with four residents. Each one has a separate residency. One of the residents, I'll call him Shimon, decides he wants to give one loaf of bread on behalf of all the residents of the Haseh. So what does he do? He doesn't have to tell everybody that he's doing it. But what he does is he has to give the loaf of bread to somebody and that somebody receives it, accepts that loaf of bread on behalf of him for the rest of the tenants Resident of the Haser or Mavoy. So, and this person could be his older children or his Hebrew slave or his wife, but not his younger children and not his non Jewish slave because their hand is like his hand. However, However a weird, um, so to speak, odd halacha is that with a female. One moment. Right. With a slave, um, uh, right. So with his female slave, even though she's younger than, uh, or and it would seem also a male slave, even if they're children, because they're slaves and they're Hebrew slaves, he may do the zikui with them. Um, he doesn't need to tell the rest of the tenants of the Haser, the rest of the residents of the Haser, because he already, because you don't need to, um, when you give somebody something, you don't need to tell him to his face. Um, you, you give it, somebody could receive it on behalf of them, and that is enough. Or Kaf Aleph in some of the books. And the shetuf that we spoke about on Shabbat could be done only from the daytime, from before Shabbat. Also, which is the time from sunset to the um, to when three medium stars come out. Also, when Aruf could be enacted in that time. Even though that time is considered not sure, we're not sure if it's day or night. It could be done um, because Aruvin is the Rabbanan. And the same way Hachamim permitted us to do an Aruv, um, uh, because from scriptural law, really, this could be carried. And this Hachamim permitted us to do the Aruv in Ben Hashem Ashot, since it was their decree. Um, and the rule is that the Aruv, the food taken for the Aruv, for the collected for the Aruv, for the Shituf, has to be um, um, in in reach to be eaten all of Ben Hashem Ashot. In other words, all of Ben Hashem Ashot needs to be in a place that it could be eaten. And if the Eruv was done in Ben Hashem Ashot, for example, five minutes before the end, the, the, the three stars come out, it has to be available for consumption that whole time. Therefore, if some something fell on the Iruv, or the Iruv got lost, or got burnt, or was teruma that got impure, and then it becomes unedible to anybody, unfit for anybody's consumption, 
Um, and, it, and all this happened from before the evening. The Eruv is not considered an Eruv. It's an invalid Eruv, even though it was collected. If this happens at night, the Eruv is considered valid because during Ben Hashem it was good. Um, if it was Safek, they weren't sure if it happened at night or in the day, then it is Kasher, because Safek Eruv Kasher. Also, if it happened Ben Hashem seemingly, um, if the Eruv was ruined Ben Hashem and you knew that at a certain point in Ben Hashem the Eruv was in place, it would be mutar to um, rely on this Eruv. So the guiding rule here is, for this halakha, that the Eruv has to be in place at a certain point in Ben Hashem If something happens to a Ben Hashem seemingly from the halakha, it's not clear, but I'm pretty sure after looking at some areas, and if anybody disagrees with me on this, please, I implore, I implore you to let me know. Um, so... Even if the Eruv got ruined in Ben Hashem because at a certain point in Ben Hashem the Eruv was in place, it is considered a valid Eruv. Halakha Bet or Kafkina. Natan Eruv wa Shituf be Migdal. Vena'al ala ve abada mafteach kodem shechashicha. Im if shalo leosi ha Eruv, ela im ken asa melacha Ben Hashem Ashot, harizeki mi shabad ve eno Eruv, shere i efshar leochlo. Somebody who placed the Eruv, the food of the Eruv, or the food of the Shituf, in a, uh, a closet or some sort of a wooden structure, and it got locked, and the key was lost before the evening. Well, the rule is like this. If he was able, if he was not able to access this food for the Eruv, unless he did a melacha in Ben Hashem in other words, if the only way to access the Eruv was if he did a melacha in Ben Hashem to try to open the closet or find the key, um, this is considered as though the food of the Aruv, or collected for the Aruv of the Shituf, was lost, and therefore it holds the Aruv invalid. Somebody who did a Frashat Terumotu Ma'asrot and made a condition that the Terumotu Ma'asrot are only considered done from the night, and then in this type of situation, you may not do Aruv with this fruit, even though really the Terumotu Ma'asrot were taken out of these fruits, but because the condition was made that at the time of the Terumotu Ma'asrot, that they would only be considered valid from the time of night, then the Eruv is invalid. Because these fruits are still unedible, unfit for anybody's consumption for all of the Ma'asrot. And the rule is that the Eruv the food of the Aruv, the food collected for the Aruv, the Shituf, is fit for some sort of human consumption and is in place available for consumption from the daytime as well as some point in Ben Hashem Ashot. Um, this concludes our chapter for today, and Be'ezrat Hashem, we will be studying more tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen.